dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to bear witness to this union. For in Genesis chapter 2, we read that a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. I think I actually printed off the wrong notes. I don't think this is where we're supposed to be going this morning, is it? It's it's not a wedding at all, and so now it's getting really awkward that you're expecting to see something that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, this is all that I have in front of me, so let's just, we'll just keep going. Okay. <clears throat> um, dearly beloved, why have you gathered here today? You know, we talk a lot about marriages during the sermon time, and I know that sometimes it can be a little cliche, uh, maybe it's overused, and potentially it's even off-putting for some of you to say, why are we talking about marriage again on a Sunday morning? For, for some of you, you're not married, you want to be someday, but just, but not today. There are some of you who are not married and you have no desire to ever be married. Some of you were married, but you've lost the love of your life. Some of you were married and it didn't work out. And some of you are married and it's not working out. Some of you are married and you wished that you weren't. Please don't raise your hands now. Nonetheless, the Bible talks about marriage repeatedly. Paul remained single and claimed that it was better to be single. Good, no amens. I just knew if I waited too long, somebody might say amen. Don't, don't do that. But he still wrote that God could and should be honored through marriage. And so this morning, I simply want to use the concept of marriage as a model or an analogy or possibly even a vehicle to get to a point just a little later on down the road. But for just a minute, I want to celebrate marriage and take that journey together. And so how many of you uh, have been married for more than 10 years. Do we have anybody in double digits? Okay. Now let's put our hands down. How many, is there anybody in here who's been married less than 10 years? Okay. We have a, a handful over here. How many have been married over 20 years? How many in here have been married over 30 years? Wow. How many have been married more than 40 years? That is amazing. How many have been married, uh, have made it to their silver anniversary, 50 years? That is amazing. Gene, just more prayers for you. Just, Ray, hang in there. Okay, how many of you been married? Anybody been married? I have to give this number. How many have been married at least 55 years? Two weeks ago, 
Bob and Paula could not have said yes to that, but they recently had an anniversary and made it 55. In some places, you can't drive 55, but, but for you guys, y'all been, been married for 55 years. Do we have anybody in here who's been married who was married 60 years? Okay, wow. So if you raised your hand and you were over 60, who was that? I know the Browns, the Merrills, who else? The Raymonds, the Curleys. What, how long? Three? 63. Okay. It, it only felt like three. Okay, and I'm going to, okay, real quickly, as I'm asking this, I want to make sure. Guys, if you're not sure what number, don't blurt one out, okay? Carolyn, how long have you and Norm been together? 63 as well. The Merrills? McFerrins. I, I, called, I, I said that earlier. I'm sorry. I, I called Eugene Merrill. Gene McFerrin. How long? 60 years. All right. Ray, good job. Keep it up. Okay, and then our last one we had over here, the Curleys. 65. That is, did I miss any hands? I do want you to know, y'all didn't see this. Shirley looked over at McCoy and said, do you know? And I don't know if she didn't know or she was just testing him. But 65 years is just amazing. So let me ask you this. Oh, and I also want to point out, Brett and Robin just had an anniversary on September 2nd, two days ago. The night, two days ago. Oh, I thought today was the fourth. Okay. Man, I can't remember names or dates today. Okay, it was number it was number twenty-two for you guys. That is that is awesome. Congratulations. To all of you who have who have held out and, and stuck together through that, that is well done. So let me ask you this. Is marriage easy? Wow. That was a resounding no. I, I heard some no's and then I saw some dirty looks. Like, how dare you say that? No, it is, it's not easy at all. You know, several different times I've talked about a TV show that Jennifer and I have enjoyed watching. It's now finished its eighth uh, season. It's called Alone. It's where they take 10 different contestants. They put them out in the wild, literally in the wild, just like a month before winter's going to start, usually in a very brutal environment. They say you can take 10 things with you and your clothes go have at it. That's all you get. Like you can take a saw or a tarp or all these different things. And you watch the struggles that they have. And one of the big struggles they have is, is mentally just being out all by yourself. Well, they decided uh, several seasons ago in season four, rather than sending out individuals, they let them go out in pairs. And so there were some, some uh, brother and sister couples, some, some brother guys, and then there were some married couples who went out. And then you think about, well, well that would have been a lot easier, right? Tim laughed a little too loud, Barb. <laughs> but you know what? You think about that. There were some things that were easier for that. The, the biggest one is the companionship. But then you have to think about that all of a sudden, you're not only concerned about your own health, you're concerned about the health of that person you have along with you. 
and you're not only gathering enough food or fish or, or berries for one person, you now have to do it for two. And you saw that, that as that season played out, everybody thought, oh, it would be so much easier having another person with you. And there were some aspects that made it easy, but there were others that made it difficult. Because the way they had that challenge set up is that if somebody couldn't move on, both of them had to be extracted from the field. And to watch someone that you love suffer and, and deal with starvation and malnutrition and, and some of those issues, all of a sudden it became really difficult. You see, the fact is, is that a good marriage takes a lot of work. It takes forgiveness. It takes patience. It takes communication. It takes compromise. It takes sacrifice. It takes dedication. It takes adaptability. It takes love. Let's pick up back with the wedding because we've all heard this at a wedding that we've been to. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It is not boast. It is not proud. It is not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not rude. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always persevere. Say it with me. Love never fails. I've heard that. That was actually read on my wedding day from 1 Corinthians 13 a few years ago. Do you recall your wedding day? Can you remember, does anybody remember a, a, a detail from their wedding day that they want to share with everybody else? Anybody have something? Bob? Okay, Bob said his dad gave him some advice, always put Paula first. That's, that is really good advice. And it's working because you're 55 and you still have a bride way better than you deserve anybody else have a, a detail a memory they remember michael okay i don't know if i want to repeat that so everybody can hear but michael okay oh julia she can Okay. Okay. Yeah. He did. And we definitely know that. And so just just to make sure, how many years have y'all been married? Fifty two years. So you you you've gone over a hundred times more than you were expected to go. 
and even more than 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 anybody would expect you to go but but we're thankful that that you're still with michael he he couldn't last a day without you you remember that wedding day some of those those moments remember uh, standing up there as you're sharing those vows you know, I told you that when we started that, that marriage was not the destination. It's merely a vehicle. But I want you to listen to what Ephesians chapter 5 says. There's going to be some words in here that are going to be some hot button words. And as soon as you hear it, it's, it's going to kind of make a, a little, little tingle on you, a little spike. It might, might get you a little fired up. But listen to all of it. Please pay attention. Wives. Submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself after all no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body just as christ does the church we are members of his body for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh listen to this the last thing that paul says he says this is a profound mystery but i am talking about christ and the church Paul is going to use the analogy of marriage to talk about how Christ loves the church and he says the way that that Jesus loves the church is the way that husbands should love their wife that that should be the model and we're going to talk about in this in class time how God loves the church, how Jesus loves his bride. But for right now, I just want you to think simply about this. The way that God loves you is an action. It requires sacrifice. Paul says, Wives, love your husbands. He says, husbands, love your wives. He says, you should love the way Jesus loves. And some people look at this and they get all upset and they say, oh, this is, this is demeaning to women. The way that wives should submit to their husbands. But if you stop there, you're really missing out what he's saying. Because he also says, husbands, you love your wives the way Jesus loves the church. How did Jesus love the church? He gave his life, everything, for the church. We are called to be in an active relationship with our God and Father and our Savior, Jesus. 
So here's my big question. Do you think that marriage requires work and sacrifice? Do you think we should love God differently or less than we love our spouse? Let me ask this again. Do you think we should love God differently or less than we love our spouse? We talk so much about how important marriage is and how we are supposed to love our spouse and honor our spouse. How should we treat God? Does God deserve less? Absolutely not. If we agree that a relationship in a marriage covenant requires forgiveness and patience, communication, compromise, sacrifice, dedication, adaptability, and love, why would we think a relationship in a spiritual covenant would require less? If your spouse is neglected, if they are ignored, if they are unappreciated, if you refuse to communicate with them on a regular basis, I would say they deserve more. If God is neglected, if He is ignored, if God is unappreciated, or you refuse to communicate with Him on a regular basis, I will say this. He deserves more. We all know that having a relationship with a spouse is, is difficult and glorious and frustrating and so amazingly special. But if we're going to talk about how much we love our spouse and how much we need to communicate with our spouse and encourage our spouse and give honor to our spouse, shouldn't we offer God the same? Why do we think that he doesn't need it or deserve it or want it? We come together, we worship together so that we can honor God. And so let me just start all over. Dearly beloved, we gather here this morning to commit to a relationship with a God who is worthy. So I guess the question is, do you? Do you take God to be your Savior, your Lord, your light, and your life?
do you promise to be faithful, loving, dedicated, honest, and committed? Do you recognize that the covenant that you made with him years ago when you promised to put him on in baptism and let his spirit fill you? Are you still striving to maintain that relationship today? We often honor our anniversaries. How long that we've been with someone and how long they've put up with us. So how about we ask this? How many of you have been in relationship with Jesus for more than 10 years? Raise your hand. Now I want to ask the opposite. How many of you have been in relationship with Jesus, your Savior, for less than 10 years? Do we have any young ones? We have a few. That's awesome. I look forward to the day when you raise your hand like some of these others will in just a few minutes. How many of you have been in relationship with Jesus for more than 20 years? Praise God. How many of you have been in relationship with Jesus for 30 years? 40 years? That is amazing. 50 years? How awesome is that? How many 60 years? Oh, Winnie's here. We, I, I got to keep going. We're going to have a little bit, don't we? How about 70 years? Did I skip 60? 70 years. Has anybody been in a relationship? How about, did, do we have somebody? I didn't see a hand go up. Oh, surely. For, for those of you, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, we want to honor you. That is a story of faithfulness. And when I see Shirley and McCoy, I see the way that they, they, they work with each other and, and they put up with each other. I see that as a story of faithfulness. I love that. And I just want you to know the fact that you're not only faithful to your husband, but the fact that you're faithful to God 70 years later, that is an amazing story. Winnie, you have an amazing story. I love that. I want all of us to continue to strive. I'm so excited that you choose to be here and that you're in relationship to Jesus. My prayer is that you will deepen that relationship with Him. You can show up and sit in the pews week after week. But I really want to encourage you, for those of you who maybe you've kind of let that slide a little bit, I'm going to ask you to recommit today. Let today be the day where you say, you know what, I just lost a little bit of, of why I love Jesus and I want to rekindle that. And so I'm going to ask if you would, this is your choice, you don't have to, but I'm going to ask you to stand and if you would like, you can repeat after me. If you'd all stand. If you want to, you don't have to. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll use my name. I'll ask you to use yours. I, Doug, take you, Jesus, 
to be my Savior and Lord, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness or in health, to love and to cherish until you call me home. May today be the day that you rekindle that love for the one who loves you and gave everything for you. Please remain standing while we sing this song together. Tim.